Hello, hello, hello. Hello. Welcome to Christina Talks. <laughs> it's good to be. I didn't know Christina Talks. No. <laughs> I was going to say it's quite an apt name. It, did, it didn't take long to come up with this one. No, no, I bet it didn't. I bet it no. didn't. <laughs> it's so good how, to see you. Thank you. Thank you. And how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Do you know what? This has been like, I think I've lived my life on Zoom this week. I really have. And it's like, I'm looking forward. This is my last Zoom call today. Save the best till last. And then I'm done. <laughs> you know, I've just, I've just done, um, so I was doing like a mini intro beforehand. Yeah. Um, and I said, it's like, it's, um, it will come on to BLC as part of the conversation, but this oh. morning, part of, um, part of the live that you do every day or most days, you talked about people wanting to like, you know, Friday, looking forward to the weekend. I'm like, this week's been awesome. I don't want it to end. I, it started oh. with afternoon tea at the Ritz and it's finished talking with you. Oh, look at that. <laughs> it's like, this, this is a good week. I want more of these, please. <laughs> oh, so, um, so in that intro, I just g- gave it the very basics. So, Ooh. so the world knows you were kind of thrown into my life. I didn't go looking for you. <laughs> so um, I've not known you for very for, for very long, really. Probably about, what, six months now? And you're stuck with me now. I know. I, you know, <laughs> I keep trying. But so so give, give us the proper intro as if we were meeting for the first time. Because I know snippets, but I don't know the full story. Are we going straight into recording yeah, and that's it? We're, we're, we're doing we're it. Live. I, we're going for it. You know, okay. I don't waste time. Let's record the whole lot and see what happens. Good. That's so, it. Yeah. Do you know what? It's interesting. A lot of the times people ask me, Jess, what's your story? All that kind of stuff. And and I, I will tell my story in the way that I teach you guys to tell your story, like, you know, all that kind of stuff. But there's a bit before that which people don't really know. Um, which is which is where, which is where it really all began, and and yes, for me, humble beginnings. You know, I grew up in in East London in a very rough neighbourhood with parents who worked all the time, and um, you know, and didn't really have a lot of money. My parents came from Mauritius with literally with a suitcase and probably twenty quid with them, you know, and um, and had to do what they could do. And you know, back then they worked really really hard. Uh, we never had you know we never had an issue with food. We always had food on the table. Um, we always had you know a roof over our head. Um, but I didn't have nice things. You know, I was going to school with secondhand clothes. I was going to school with clothes that didn't fit me. I was going to school with like the cheapest of the cheap trainers you could ever see in the world. Like everyone else is wearing Nike and Reebok and all this kind of stuff. And there's me looking like sticking out like a sore thumb. And seeing as I know you just like to say it how it is, I also stuck out because of the color of my skin. And it was it was just like one thing after the other. And I remember at seven years old being bullied, being called all kinds of racist names. Being told that you know I'm uh, you know I'm, I'm in, I look like a, a mess wearing trousers that don't fit me, um, wearing all these cheap trainers and it hurt. It hurt. Well, it hurts at any age, but no, obviously you know seven years old, like you're just trying to figure it out. You're trying to seek meaning in stuff, aren't you? And like, I was like, well, why is this happening? Why are people so mean? You know, and you're just coming out of that imprint period in life where you're just like a sponge and you you have no filters and you don't quite understand why people are being mean and all that kind of stuff. And um, and I point fingers at my parents. I started saying, well, why can't you, why? everyone else wears Reebok, everyone else does, the, why are you sending me to school like that? And I started to resent my parents thinking like, uh, why can't they do that? And obviously I didn't know at the time they were doing the best with what they could. Um, but what it sparked in that seven-year-old boy, which I didn't realise at the time, was the desire for more and a desire for resourcefulness and, and, and thinking, start, and, you know, and I still till today, I have no real recollection of what made me go, right, accept who you are and just roll with it. 
Um, what, what made me choose to, to actually do the opposite to that and go, well, how can I get it? I still don't know what triggered that. I, if I'm very, very honest, other than a desire, a desire to want a better life and want, and, and want more. So I started my first business when I was 11 years old. <laughs> um, wasn't the best business because I, I got shut down pretty quickly. I, I smuggled some, uh, <laughs> I smuggled some fireworks into the country from Mauritius on my first family holiday to Mauritius. Again, we didn't go on holidays. Mum and dad couldn't afford anything. Right. So we went, um, we managed to save up, save up, save up. And we went to Mauritius for the first time and we obviously didn't stay in hotels. We had to stay with family because we don't have all that money and stuff. But um, I came back with these little Chinese firecrackers because I thought they were really cool. Um, so I managed to sneak them into mum's suitcase. She didn't know how I did it. And, um, and then I took them to school and was selling them. And then uh, one of the kids decided to throw it off the top of a double-decker bus um, in his school uniform. So obviously the public knew what school they went to. He got caught and he grasped me up and that was the end of that business that got shut down. Um, <laughs> and then I got more resourceful. And I, I don't know if you remember, Chris, you know, the, 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 the school tuck shops. Yeah. 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 So, so we used to have someone who used to like, they literally in the playground, they'd take a window out of one of the classrooms, stick their head out of this window and sell sweets and chocolates and crisps to the kids at playtime. Um, so I saw that and I thought, Oh, mum, mum likes stacks. My mom used to stack up on stuff. She used to buy like, you know, in, like in bulk in the market and stuff like sweets and stuff and things like that. So I used to pinch a few each day and I used to sell them in the, in the playground. Um, had my own little tuck shop going on. That got shut down because sales in the tuck shop went down and they clocked on it with me. Um, so that was, <laughs> and it's just, it's just interesting. But I was just fascinated by trying stuff and I wasn't afraid to try. And like 15 years old was a big turning point in my entrepreneurial career where I walked into a, a mobile phone shop. This is when the mobile phone started becoming popular. Um, and, I, and I walked into this shop and I don't know if you remember back then when they had the, um, the Nokias with the interchangeable faces and you could yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I went and blagged the, the owner of the shop to give me like all these accessories so I can go and sell them at school to my friends. And lo and behold, he, he actually, I convinced him to give me this big bag of accessories from earphones to, to, interchangeable faces and you could change the area it was all these kind of funky things and i remember selling them all and bringing them back fat water cash and um and he, he i can't remember how much it was i think it was a 10 or something i remember him peeling off one note and handing it to me and i was like are you actually kidding me like i <laughs> to, and I, I was upset but then later as i grew older when i reflected on that situation um here's why i only got a tenner and he got all the money I believe this, he or she who brings the most value to any equation gets paid the most. And it was his shop, it was his stock, it was his money, his risk. I could have disappeared, I was just a random yeah. kid. And uh, and he gave it to me and I thought, okay, well, fair play. But um, but yeah, but look, school doesn't teach you that sort of thing. It doesn't teach you entrepreneurship. And, and I did unfortunately uh, decide just to carry on, obviously with education, I went to college and did my A-levels and all that. Um, and then I thought I'd go down the traditional route, which is what everybody else is doing and go and do something that will probably get me a good job, which was um, business information systems is what I was studying as a joint, joint honors degree with French. Now, why French? Because Mauritian background, you know, I, I, I aced my GCSE and A-level French without revising and the teacher hated me for that. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and then um, I thought, well, why don't I do a joint honours? But then the, the French didn't actually turn out to be more French language. It was more French civilization, French history. I think it was like one module on French language. And I thought, I don't like this. So I said, oh, oh you know, can I stop? And, uh, or can I switch just to pure business information systems? And they said, you can't, you've got to wait till next year. And then we even can't guarantee that. So you might have to go back to year one. I said, I'm not going to waste the whole year. So I quit after just under six months. 
took a, a break like from from uni a gap year and uh, and um a friend of mine got me a job at a psychiatric hospital uh, locally and uh, 19 years old and no experience was thrown straight into a psychiatric ward intensive care unit locked ward patients detained under the mental health act um and you stick a 19 year old kid on a ward like that you're going to learn some stuff quick and but one of the things i learned was um you know how how much love and compassion i had for human beings i just in that moment was just wow like i just fell in love with the profession people thought i was nuts because i'm born in the uk i could choose any freaking profession and career i want like what on earth are you doing i just want i, I want to be a nurse i just wanted to go out and, and and become a psychiatric nurse so so i did um trained as a nurse and um and that was you know that was back in 2001 uh qualified in 2004 um, went back to the private sector to work there um, and you climb the ranks really quickly in the private sector. Um, it's not like the NHS. And I became the youngest ward manager in the UK at 27 years old, uh, which was really, really cool. Um, but as a ward manager, you get given sales targets. So a um, bit strange, right? Nursing yeah, yeah. sales targets. <laughs> and, um, and, I, and that was my, my, my career was, was slightly different. I used to have to go out to, to you know, local authorities and NHS and sell beds, you know, as well as manage a ward and manage my staff and manage the patients. So I kind of had two hats uh, and I made my employer six and a half million pounds selling beds in two, year, two years, um, which was a significant amount of best performing department, all that kind of jazz. And then tail end of the last recession, 2009, she said she doesn't need me anymore. And uh, <laughs> I don't know if your listeners can attribute to feeling betrayed. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. in the arse. Um, and, it, and it wasn't easy. And um, But, uh, you know, it's a blessing. Everything happens to us for a reason, clearly. I didn't see it at the time. Yes, I was sitting in the car park waiting for my boss to come out so I could run her ass over for firing me. But I didn't. I refrained from doing that. And I was bitter. Of course I'd be. But, but you know, it, if, I, if I met her today, I'd be, you know, incredibly grateful to her because she did me a favour. Um, so I went off and launched my own healthcare company because I thought I'm not working for anyone anymore. So I'll use what I already know, launch my own healthcare company, um, which, which for me um, was hard because, you know, it's, it's all well and be all well and good being an employee in that kind of environment. But when you go into private healthcare yourself, um, it's daunting because, you know, you've got regulation, you've got, you know, you've got to make sure you meet certain standards, you can get shut down tomorrow. It's all kinds of stuff. Then you've got to compete for business contracts, all kinds of stuff. Um, and, and I persevered and I pushed through. Um, it was very hard. I managed to uh, double the size of the company in the first 12 months by literally not taking any money, living off pot noodles, sleeping on the floor. People don't know I did this. I used to sleep on the floor in my own care home just to save staffing costs. I used to do sleepover shifts myself and sleep on the floor, wake up in the morning, clean toilets, clean the house, cook for the patients, do all that kind of stuff. Did that for ages So until I opened a second home and then really started trying to trying to push, push forward with it. And I quadrupled the income in there after two years. Um, and eventually, you know, I just want to wind this up now because it's gonna I could talk forever. Is <laughs> it, I, I got it to a point where it was making great money, but I was the business, and that was the struggle because healthcare is not like a shop, is it? It's like you don't open at nine and close at five. It's twenty four hours, and my phone was going off, and I, it was I was starting to get anxiety. Like literally, whenever my phone rang. I would, my heart would just, you know, oh my God, there's something wrong in the home. It, it was so bad that even if someone else's phone rang with the same freaking ringtone, my heart would go, you know, so it was horrible. And um, so I thought, you know, I've got to do something different. And that was learn to let go. 
and empower other people, you know, um, hire better people. Um, so I, I managed to, to systemize the business, step away. Um, I had to take a temporary pay cut uh, in order to invest in another manager and stuff, which was fine. Most people wouldn't want to do that, but I knew where I wanted to go, have a clear vision. Um, and eventually that business made me financially free at the age of 31 and a millionaire two years later, which isn't bad for a nurse who got fired, right? So, um, but but yeah, and obviously you've met me now, we've seen you've seen who I am today, but that that was essentially the the baseline of everything which which catapulted me into entrepreneurship so i've owned hair and beauty salons online stores um uh, uh, software companies training companies i now own an admin company a perfume brand uh, yeah, a few a few training companies a property business i'm about to launch a couple of other brands which 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 are really cool but i've just fallen in love with entrepreneurship but more so helping people yeah, serving because money brings you happiness, in my opinion. I know people say money doesn't bring you happiness, it doesn't buy you happiness. Well, poverty doesn't buy you anything, does it? It just buys you more stress, doesn't it? So, so for me, money money does bring you happiness, but it doesn't bring you fulfillment. You know, fulfillment comes from doing something different, growing and giving back in some way or form. And one of the beautiful things that I get to do on a daily basis is I get to wake up every single day and go, Whose life can I make better today? And that brings me fulfillment. So that's me, Christina, my three hour story. No, it's all it's it's all good because there's plenty there we can dig into. So I'm going to pick up right at the end, actually. So let, let's go into that first, because part of your as I of what I've observed, part of your fulfillment is this. It really is giving to people. Um, and you, like I said, we've had lots of conversations over the last few months with stuff I've had going on yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But you've before I knew you the world goes into lockdown and you start a community <laughs> that's right <laughs> As you <do. laughs> so you know just to put into context everything you've just explained and that that need that sort of fulfillment thing so you mm. started this community the BLC family billion lives changed and um, do you know what I'm going to let you explain the, the thinking behind that actually because mm. I think it is there's a lot of people like you in the world that are kind of the, you know, with some of what you do is within the sort of education mentorship world. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a lot of people that talk the talk <laughs> and then there's a big fat full stop. Yes. Um, and I'm not, you know, I've said this to you. I'm quite happy to say it on the podcast. There are very rare occasions when I'm wrong. <laughs> and when I first met you, I was like, I'm not going to like this guy. I've decided there's no way I'm liking this guy whatsoever. I'm not interested. I was like that toddler, just like, you know, right. arms crossed, stamping yes, on the floor. Yes, yes. You know, I'm getting out of here as soon as possible. Yada, yada, yada. And <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> this guy might actually be the real deal oh. and then i then and i'll be honest you mentioned the community and i went right we'll go and we'll go and see now and yeah. it was a like a two three day event and the first evening i went home and i'm like that on facebook having a look through joined the community went snooping through i like to stalk people essentially <laughs> and i was like actually do you know what this is someone worth listening to so what's Tell us about the community. Tell us the ethos behind it, and yeah, where you know where where it's sitting now because it's seen massive growth mm. just in in the short time I've been part there. Yeah, yeah, no, thank you, thank you. Um, what happened was it just it came off the tail end of me recording a show called Rich House Poor House, which some of your listeners might be familiar with um, here in the UK, and um, I, I was on that show, and 
I had to swap lives with a underprivileged family, leaving their shoes for a week, and they're living my shoes for a week. And off the back of that, it you know it really helped me connect with where I grew up because I literally didn't have a lot growing up, and it made me go back to my my roots, as it were. And um, but maybe reflect like why is there still so much suffering going on in our own country? Like I'm just going to be honest, like, I donate money abroad, especially to ch- you know, children's charities. I donate a lot of money to Concern Worldwide, which is you know it helps children all over the world, but you know, why are we not doing enough to help people here? Like there's poverty on our own doorstep. Why do, why do kids still go to school hungry here? Why do families still struggle? Like why are people sleeping on the street? Like on our own doorstep. And so I thought, well, we need to do something. And I, and I thought, well, we need to help. But then lockdown happened. And, and I thought, crap, we can't go out. We can't go out and help people. What do we do? But um, with being an ex-psychiatric nurse, I've, I've dealt with all kinds of people. And one thing I do know, what, I've been studying psychiatry and psychology since I was 19 years old. And I've, you know, I'm fascinated with how the human mind works. What I do know is that people are going to start to suffer soon um, with lockdown. Uh, people are going to suffer in relationships, their health, their finances, everything's going to go wrong. And what's the number one thing? that you shouldn't lose when you're losing money, losing relationships, losing your home. What's the one thing you shouldn't lose? Your mind. Don't lose your mind. And, and I thought, well, how am I going to help these people? How can I use my skills as a psychiatric nurse, NLP practitioner, hypnotherapist, timeline therapist? How can I use all my skills uh, when we're in lockdown? I know, I'll, I'll start a group. And I, I kid you not, I have no idea where the inspiration for um, Billion Lives Change the name itself came from other than I just thought, how can I make a billion people's lives better? And I went, oh, billion lives changed. And they went, oh, okay, that sounds good. I'll just, I'll just roll with it. And I, honestly, it was actually a version one name and I was going to change it later. <laughs> and it's just stuck because it, 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 it is. And I thought, well, you know what? We'll start it. And I started that group of 100 people in it by just inviting some friends and people that I knew and some of my followers. And um, yeah, and obviously after being on TV, I was on Rich House, Poor House, Poor House a second time, which is um, back to what you were saying about being honest and being genuine, like Rich House, Poor House changed my life was the second episode to, to, to follow up on what I promised I said I was going to do for the other family. And uh, clearly we did what we said we were going to do and helped them out and stuff. But then they aired Billion Lives Changed on national television, which saw a huge surge in, in members um, joining us. And we're just over, well, just coming up to 7,000 members now in Billion Lives Changed. And, you know, uh, and yes, we go live every day. Um, I was going live myself personally every day for the first year, like literally constantly live every single morning, whether I was on holiday, whether I was away, I'd stop and I'd hang out with my BLC family until, you know, my team started getting involved and say, right, no, no, you can't sustain this. You've got to, you've got to recharge your own battery and stuff. And, and now I'm grateful because if I'm at meetings or doing events then every now and then we have the team jump in um or i I have a regular day off now i'm allowed a day off on a sunday apparently um but but the the purpose of the group is not about me it's about how can we pour into each other because i can't personally impact a billion lives on my own the only way that happens if you create a ripple effect if i can make one person's life better and they go off and make three other people's life better and those three people go off and make another three lives better that's the ripple effect. And that only happens if, if, if someone else decides to step up and, and be that change that other people want to see. And, you know, it, it, what started off as something just to help people through lockdown has now just, it's, I don't know, I, honestly, I, I sit back sometimes and I feel like crying looking at how much, like, you know, the communities that have been built, the friendships that have been built, um, how people have overcome hardship and, you know, and, and, and bettered their lives. And, and they feel like they're part of something. And most of them haven't even met each other before. 
it's mad and and i think wow this is this is beautiful and like you know and you know off the off the back of that actually in december last year i don't know if you know this christina but like um i turned 40 last year december and i had this big plan to hire a nightclub and do an 80s theme night and all this kind of jazz and obviously lockdown happened and i still wanted to do something for my birthday but we weren't allowed i think back then we, we, they were just relaxing some of the laws on events and you can only have a maximum of 30 people in the room and I thought, what can I do? And I thought, I know, you know what? I'm going to run an event for the BLC family. And I ran a, a two-day free event for uh, called Unstoppable You, where I just deep dive through processes to help people break through from stuff from childhood and 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 you know and break through to the life that they really deserve. And I, I did that. We had 30 people in the room, and then we had about 160, 170 people on Zoom at home. So we had like this Tony Robbins setup with like screens everywhere and stuff. It was hilarious. Um, but that was my. 40th birthday party. I wanted to share it with with everybody by giving, and people thought I was nuts because it's your birthday, and I, you know. But I wanted to do it, you know. And we're going to go bigger and harder this year. Like, well, we're coming up in you know in 2022. We're going to go bigger and harder. Um, we're going to be launching it as a three day uh, experience for people, and we're going to be sponsoring loads of tickets for for underprivileged families to get them to come along. So I'm really looking forward to it. Awesome! 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 I think this is this is the thing, and it's it it's not about being an entrepreneur, even it's like you know whether you're whether you're running a business, or you've got a business running you, or, <laughs> or you're an employee. It's like actually you need to be part of a community. You need to have that that support outside yeah. of your immediate family because yeah. I think one of the things you know I you know I've had conversations with. Harge with Sandra with with Akenemo. It's like yeah. you know these. Like I can't wait to actually meet yeah. these people. You know, it, it, it's like Taryn's just up the road, and it's yeah, like, yeah. you know she's like literally about twenty minutes away, oh, and we wow. still haven't arranged a coffee. And you know, and it's it's like just can't just can't wait to get together with these people. Yeah. Yeah. But the reality is, they have no agenda. No. So actually, being able to talk openly with other people that part of it, you know, you all, you've all come together in one place because there's a commonality there. There's no one in that community that are just in it for themselves. You know, it, it's it attracts, and I think this is the thing when it comes down to values and that kind of stuff, you, you attract people that share those values. And when you see these communities pop up, it is, it's just liberating to find people that go, actually, yeah, you are thinking the right way. 100%. And it's, it's just so, so valuable. Thank you. Uh, okay. So what's interesting though is when you were telling your story, so we're going to go on to business more specifically now. Hmm. When you were telling your story, you, you used the phrase, you said, I was the business when you talk hmm. about being in the care home. Okay. Hmm. And now we've just talked about BLC and essentially you were BLC. Yes. Right. So you didn't learn your fucking lesson, did you, Jessica? <laughs> Not in Italy, no, no, no. no. <laughs> I didn't so, think it through, just went for it. But, but I think there's like there's a um obviously I you know I'm 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 joking there, but there is there is a mindset thing, isn't there, of being mm. trying to do things differently, but still keeping those same patterns. Mm. And I know this is something you talk about quite a lot. So if we talk about business mindset now, like where do people, like 
If you could just wave your wand and fix one thing when it comes to business mindset around the world, like what, what's the one thing, what's the one lesson that you would give everyone? Um, give yourself permission. And what does that mean? Permission to live a bloody life that your business funds. Uh, you know, and what I mean by that is, is one of the main reasons why a lot of entrepreneurs don't let go in their business is guilt. Like they feel like, well, A, if I, you know, I built this thing and if I let it leave it in the hands of somebody else, it could go wrong and then it will be all this kind of stuff. Or they feel like they don't deserve it. Or, or they feel like, well, if I stop working in my business and take some time off while other people are running it for me, um, that makes me a bad person because they're working hard and I'm not. And, you know, and you've got, like, it, it's guilt. And, and, and I think if anyone had, if it, like a lot of people ask me that, what was the one thing you do? What's your magic wand? It's obviously, it's, it's be the guardian of your mind, of course, but, but as an entrepreneur, permission, like it's okay to build a business that doesn't require you to be there all the time because you're you're creating opportunities for other people you're creating employment for other people you're stimulating the economy why shouldn't you get rewarded by being financially free or being off because that's the return on investment of the blood sweat and tears that you've poured in but people have got this notion because we've been conditioned since growing up to work hard all your life which is absolute nonsense, but it's what we were, we were taught from parents and teachers is what we observed is what we've seen. So if we go against that mainstream, we start to feel a little bit guilty. And I, I was, I'm a prime example of that. When I first you know, started to step away from my care business, I started to feel a little bit guilty. I remember waking up one morning, realizing that I didn't need to go to work and I, Ooh, what am I going to do? Um, and I started to feel a little bit of guilt and then you get what you think of. Um, I started to get messages from the management saying that some of the staff are a bit miffed that you're not here and stuff and things like that. And when I did used to show up, they're like, why is he showing up in his fancy car and he doesn't do any work? And, da, 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 da. Um, and I did, I started to feel guilty again. I was like, no, hang on. No, no, no. No one was with me when I was cleaning toilets. Nobody was with me when I put my own neck on the line, my own money on the line. I was sleeping on the freaking floor. Nobody was with me when I took all the risks. Nobody was with me when I was setting up contracts and putting my own personal like, registration as a pin, my PIN number as a nurse on the line, as a registered practitioner to go out there and look after vulnerable adults. Um, you guys just get paid your wages and you can, you can go and get in any other job. Like if anything goes wrong in this home, I lose my entire livelihood. And I thought, well, why am I feeling bad about all of this? I've just created an incredible opportunity for all of us. And I took all the freaking risk. So I had to go back into the care home and communicate that to the team with a courageous conversation and let them know, look, my life is the way it is because I designed it that way. Um, you all have the ability to go out and design your dream life. And with all due respect, if you want to open your own business, you want to start your own thing, then I am not the person who's going to stop you. In fact, I'll help you do it. But please don't come and shit on my parade because I chose this. And you can choose it too. And so, so please understand that this is the life I wanted. I don't want, I want, I want to be free. I want to live my life and I want to do other things like help people and do other things. And cause I just started getting into coaching and stuff and things like that. And, and I wanted to do it as my passion. So, so give yourself permission. It's okay. And you are going to have people who don't agree with it. They are going to go, oh, but Christina, uh, we're here busting our backsides all day. And all you're off flaunting around with, 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 with all these people in all these events. And you're going here and you're going there. And yeah, good, because I freaking created this life. That's my choice. What's your choice? Let me help you with that. What do you want to do? And I think 
if we can learn to understand that it's okay to have what you want, it's okay to give you permission not to feel guilt and actually feel proud instead, then, then that will help us now start to do the things that we want to do because that's what really stops us from doing it is what other people think or what other people say or or this or fear or whatever it might be. Just, just be a freaking self and do what you want to do. Yeah. Do you know, it's, um, it's really funny what you've just said, because that is, that is exactly where I am right now. Mm. This, like the, well, as far as I know, everyone in the business is how <laughs> I'm, you know, I, I do actually talk to them. Um, so, you know, I, I like to think I listen. Um, so, you know, I'm kind of like touching with it. Everyone is happy. Mm. Um, yeah. There's a few things where they're like, Christina, like, you know, you, you know, we're just a bit concerned. You might, you know, we need a bit more of your attention here. And because we have that open communication, which is absolutely yeah. fantastic. But yeah, well, yeah, like I said, Monday, I was at the Ritz for afternoon tea. Lovely treat from a client, which is is fantastic to have that pat on the back awesome. from a client. And, Absolutely. You know, it's it's you know, it's it's great. And I there was a little little bit of me sat there going, the business isn't just me. Mm. I'm here enjoying the rewards while the team are back in the office doing the work. And it is, it is kind of, this is the life I wanted. This, this was, this was what the vision was, yeah. you know, everything that was part of that vision. I've, you know, I am living. And again, we've had this conversation before everything yeah. I could have imagined, everything that, that was at the limits of my imagination, I get yeah. to experience right now. I'm the one on the stage really? handing out the awards. I'm the one being invited <laughs> here, there, and everywhere in my ball gowns and the rest <laughs> of it, and you know, do, doing the doing the designer shopping and you know all, all that sort of stuff. Hmm. And it's kind of like you get to that point and you're actually living it. And those little voices, which do kind of come back from your childhood, they're there just going. Oh, but wait, mm. do you really deserve this? Yeah. Who yeah. are you? Who, who are you kidding? <laughs> and it's it's a really tough place to be. Yeah. Really, as a business owner, it's 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 really tough. And I'm, you know, the the voices I have immediately around me, they mm. see business in a very different way. They yeah. they see it as something that's more that, that's easier to switch on and off, let's say. Whereas because I'm because I love what I do do mm. i don't switch off yeah. right and it, it's like I, I shift so i'm i'm working and delivering value to my clients and then that day finishes and then i'm sat there and i'm thinking well let's listen to that podcast because i want to know what that person's got to say and yes it is business related yeah. but i don't see it as business no. i see it as my development i i go to these events i'll yeah. go to a mastermind with 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 yourself and the gang yeah, and yeah. you know and sit there and we'll have conversations and to me that's not business that's social you can mix the both they, they blend they blend but you've, but you've got to be around the right people 100%. that are going to see the world that way as well 100 100 yeah and you do what makes you happy like like i'm like you like learning reading books around personal development hanging around with the right people masterminding with the right people having conversations like this it's actually my hobby and my business. If it makes any sense, it's like, I, it's my thing. Like some people like going, getting shit faced in the pub. That's their thing. Right. Like for me, this is my thing. Like, you know, and I don't think that's, that's a bad thing. As long as it's feeding your mind positively, it's not a bad thing. So, you know, but, but yeah, you got to find some people, some people who are just as crazy as you and hang around with them. That's what you got to do. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. 
Um, if you do this stuff and it works, there is an output, mm-hmm. okay? And that output is usually in pounds and pence. And people are very, very uncomfortable with the, the subject of money, talking about money, um, and actually the success of money, actually having that stuff, you know, looking at that bank balance mm. and it being there as the reward. And it's almost like, and I think this is this is the thing I've had to work the hardest on. You know, I've I've been, you know, if I go back to when my eldest was was very little, you know, barely a toddler, mm. there were times where you know, I, I'm sort of stood in the supermarket and I'm going, I've got 63 pence. I need tampons or I, or I feed my child. It's oh. one or the other. I can't do both, no. you know? And so the position I'm in now, and don't get me wrong, I'm not rolling in it, you know, but it's like financially, I'm more comfortable than I ever imagined I would be. And so there's always that little bit, you know, the, the devil on my shoulder almost is like, actually, Christina, you're allowed to have money. Mm. Christina, you're allowed to spend money. Mm-hmm. Christina, you're allowed to be frivolous with money. Yes, yes, yes. You know, and, and it's that. So, and I think you must you must find the same where you, you come across people and actually they're really struggling with the success of, mm-hmm. of doing the work. Oh, yeah, 100%. I, I had um, a client who his business was doing 50 million a year. Incredibly successful. Yeah, he didn't let, um, he wasn't allowed or, or, or disallowed himself from managing any of the money or having any bank cards. And, and I asked him, well, why do you do that? And he said, because I don't believe I deserve the money. And every time I make money, I give it away or spend it um, so I can get rid of it. And uh, I thought, wow. And he was like, and I'm aware of it, which is why I don't manage any of the money that I've got. He said, I know it's nonsense. He said, I know it's an absolute BS reason to, to, to do that. But um, when I grew up, I believed that I didn't deserve it because we didn't have a lot and, um, and all this kind of stuff. And now I've got it. I almost feel guilty using it and spending it. So I give it to other people and give it away. So, um, so he has, have a, he's not even, he doesn't even have a bank card. He literally has other people send him stuff. And I think you get used prepaid stuff where people will send him some money onto it to top it up, whatever. Like, but, but it is, it, it happens. I mean, some people actually not, not just once they make, some people aren't even afraid of making it because there's a fear of success. Like once I get there, what do I do? You know, do I deserve it? And all this kind of stuff. And, and that comes back with the permission, you know, of course you do, you know, it's, it's the trade-off, isn't it? It's like, you know, you've spent all these years suffering. Like you, you've told a powerful story there, like where you had a decision to make, you know, like buy tampons or feed my kid. Like, like that, no human being should have to go through that. And now you've got to where you are. That's the trade-off of that. Because in my opinion, for extreme pain, it gives birth to extreme love. Like, look where you are now. You know, so enjoy the fruits of your labor. Like, you, you've deserved, you've, earned, you've not killed anyone. You've not harmed anyone. You're yet. Not, any, not yet. <laughs> not yet. You've not done anyone any harm you've you know you've 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 built your business you've employed other people you've made this world a better place you've you've got your clients incredible results which has helped and the ripple effect of that is is huge like when you keep your clients in business you're helping them feed all their employees as well there's a massive ripple effect sometimes we don't even look at that like we just think oh i'm providing services for someone no look at the ripple effect of all of that in their personal professional and financial lives so you've earned it 
So if, if you're on your journey right now where you've made it, whatever that means, or you're starting to earn some money, then you deserve it because it's the trade-off for all the years where you didn't have. And I think, you know, you've got some making up to do <laughs> for all the times when you didn't have it. So it's okay to go out and spunk five grand on a handbag or do whatever it is that you want to do because you've earned it and you deserve it. And look, at the end of the day, one thing my mum told me, which is so, so true. Um, two things she told me. When you meet someone in the street, they're going to ask you how you are and how your family are. They're not going to ask you how much money you've got in your bank account. She also said to me, when we leave this world, we're going to leave the same way we came in, with nothing. So why are we, why are we hiding away from living our lives, using what we've got, making other people's lives around us better? Because for me, it's not just about material things with money. One of my beautiful you know, ways of using money is to make other people's lives better. As you know, I like to help people and stuff, but also my own family, my, my own parents being able to afford stuff for them and take them away. And like people don't know this, uh, you know, it's probably the first time I've ever mentioned it on a podcast anyway, but my dad's dad died when he was three years old in Mauritius. My dad lost his dad when he was three. He started working when he was seven years old, my dad, seven, selling bread in Mauritius on the streets. Like not, not knowing where the money was going to come from, having to support him, his, his mom and his sisters. Can you imagine the responsibility as a seven-year-old? And it screwed him up. I'm not going to lie. It's messed his head up. And even now he gets to this stage. Like I remember, I remember just before lockdown, I think it was 2019, um, I flew him, uh, yeah, all of my family out. We flew it all out to Spain, all expenses paid. We all had a really, really cool time out there. And I just remember sitting on this trip uh, in a restaurant in one of these open, you can imagine like sitting in one of these open restaurants where it overlooks the road and the beach is just on the other side and we're just sitting there and I see my dad crying and I was like what the hell has happened to you, 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 you know, what's, what's going on and he's just sitting there with a glass of wine in his hand looking out into the sunset looking at all this food on the table and he's just saying to me like I never thought in my wildest dreams someone who lost his dad at that age that my own son would be here doing all of this for me and I thought wow and I thought that's the kind of thing that money can do. You can't, where else are you going to get those kind of moments? You, you, you can't. And that, that's what I want people to understand. It's not just about material things. It's about filling your emotional bank as well. You know, so your financial bank will fill your emotional bank if you use it um, in the right way. So, so yeah, so money's a great thing. Like if you've made it, you know, do some great things with it by, by looking after yourself too. In order to achieve these things, though, you've got to have that vision in the first place, haven't you? Yes. You know, and, and I think that's the, that's the thing that I had a vision that I initially, I struggled to accept that my vision is a possibility for myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I made a conscious decision that I was going to, you know, it was, if I can think it, it can happen. Yeah. And now so I'm, I'm living this vision, I'm thinking, right, now I need a bigger vision. <laughs> right but it's like i'm already at the limits of what i know can be true hmm. so how do you push how do you push that further so if you were talking to someone whether they're in that situation where they're like i don't know what my vision is or yeah. that they're, they're, they're needing to recreate it like w what's the conversation you would have what are the questions you would ask the first thing i'd say to someone is look around you what's possible because I guarantee you, whatever you think is impossible, someone's probably doing right now. 
And I know you say like you've reached the, the, the outer parameters of your vision and you're like, oh, I can't go any further than this or I don't see a way how or, or I don't know if it's possible. I bet you someone else is already doing it. And if someone else is already doing it and they're human just like you, they're not God, then is it possible for you as well? And, and that's, that's all I ask someone when they want to stretch their possibilities or stretch their mind or, or stretch their vision or, or, or go the extra mile or whatever it might be, is understanding the power of possibility. Because possibility is like water looking for a crack. As soon as it finds that crack, it's going to make its way in, right? And, and possibility creates a crack in your mind, which allows the possibility of that thing to make its way in. So possibility first. And if it's possible, then the next thing I'll say to them, is it possible for you to suspend your skepticism around you achieving it temporarily so that you can achieve it? And they often, oh, all right, yeah, okay, I guess I could. And then suddenly it just opens their mind to going, right, I'll put the skepticism to one side. I know it's possible. Let me start thinking like it's possible and I'll park my skepticism until I've got it. And, and, and it works. It works when people do it, it, it works because it's, it, we are, we, we are never the finished article. I was actually having a conversation with someone about this the other day because are we ever going to be the finished article? And I said, well, actually, yes, we will be one day when we check out because then you haven't got any opportunities to grow anymore, right? When we leave this world, you will then become the finished article that Jesson or Christina could ever have been because that's it, yeah? What you have to ask yourself is in the time that you've got on this earth, are you constantly looking to grow and expand so that when you do check out, you can look back on yourself and say, you know what? I did the best with the resources and the situations and the opportunities that I had to create this life that I've got right now and I left an impact. Um, and, and I think that's when you'll be the finished article. But up until then, yeah, you'll set yourself a vision. You'll set yourself a goal and you might achieve it. And once you've achieved it, you might know, well, well, what's next? Well, as they say, if you're not growing, you're dying, right? So set some more. Go again. You've got life in you. You've got soul in you. You've got new resources now. You've got new people around you. Who says you can't take over the world? Like I'm, I, my vision has completely shifted like around me and where I want to go. Like in, in December, it's interesting, November, 2019, I set the intention. I said in, in, in 2020, I'm going to be on TV or Netflix or something. And I didn't know how it was going to happen. And literally December, 2019, I get the phone call and saying channel five, want to interview you to, you know, to, to, to cast you for the show. I was like, well, this is working this manifestation stuff. This is really, really cool. But I've shifted. Because I've, 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 I've been on stages all across the world. I've had lots of different people in my audience. And a lot of people say to me, oh, Jess, like you're, a, you know, we see you as someone who's like, you know, um, as good as Tony Robbins or this or this or whatever it might be. And I'm like, you know, self-doubt kicks in and like, oh, no, no, who want to listen to me? I'm just this freaking brown kid who grew up in East London. Like, who wants to listen to me? Right? Um, but, but who says I can't? Who says I can't have my own talk show? I've, I've got an agent now. I've got a meeting with Channel 4 on the 2nd of December. Like, I, who says I can't have my own, you know, you know, impact on this world? Who says I can't be on stages globally, on, on, on stages bigger than Tony Robbins one day? Who says if he can do it, then why can't I if, I, if that's what I really, really want to do? And so it's only recently that I've decided to stretch my parameters in terms of where I'm heading as a personal brand, as my impact on the world and where I want to go in, you know, with media, television, but also, you know, for me, it's just more outlets to get my message out. You know, if I can help another person, you know, improve their life, if I can help another person make better decisions, and dare I say, if I can help another person 
reconsider taking their life because every now and then I get a message from someone who says, Hey, thank you for sharing that me sharing what you said this morning. I was seriously thinking about ending my life. Wow. Like it, it, then technically I can save more lives. So who the hell am I to be so selfish to limit my thinking? So expand your vision is what I would say. The world, the world needs it. Uh, and there's work to be done. And I think as a leader, especially you and high achievers like yourself, um, it's a blessing. It's not a curse. It, it, you know, it's a blessing. I know it can feel like a curse at times because everyone wants you. Yeah. But it's a blessing. And when you start to understand that, then, then you start to embrace it and take it as part of you. I'm never going to stop being who I am. I have people telling me you help people too much. You do too much. You do this, you do that. Fine. I'm not going to change it. Okay. Yes, I'm stubborn, but I like being stubborn around this particular thing because it lights me up and there's work to be done. And I have gifts inside of me that are not mine to keep. So I'm going to go off and freaking share them. That's what I, that's my level of thinking. Excellent. Do you know that's it's um I've literally I'm having a conversation with someone at the minute that I that I've had a business relationship with and mm. um, I'm actually looking I'm I've kind of sent the email saying I'm walking away from the business relationship. Um, And it's because they said to me, Christina, the problem is you give too much away. Mm. And I just thought Mm. like at first it played on my mind. It really, well, maybe, maybe that is, you know, maybe that is a problem. Maybe I do give too much away. And I thought, do you know what? There's nothing that I give away that someone couldn't Google. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the difference is if they're hearing it from me, it's because they want to hear it from me. Absolutely. And some of those people are going to work with me. Some of those people are not, but they're going to make better decisions because I gave them that thing. Mm. And I'm, it's, yeah, it, it is just you be you. That's where the success comes. That's what, like for me, that's like personal brand wise. Yeah. That's as soon as I kind of went, it's really hard trying to be someone else. That's when I then stepped out the shadows and people started to recognize who I was within my little tiny pocket of the world, yeah. you know, and, and I think it is that just being yourself and embracing that is such a powerful thing. hundred percent, hundred percent. And, and you, you've, you've walked away because you know, your standards, you know, your values and a lot of people sadly don't. So they end up living their life according to somebody else's. And I think, you know, you've, you've touched on something really, really cool there because a lot of people haven't really taken time out like you to really understand who they are, what's important to them, what we will tolerate and what we won't tolerate. And, and unfortunately, there's so many people out there right now living a life that is not theirs, it's somebody else's. And I think if we can encourage more people to stand in their own power and, and, and you know, just accept what's acceptable and not tolerate stuff that isn't acceptable, then I think there'll be a lot more happier people out there, you know? And, um, you know, I think it's, it's, a great, it's a great gift to be able to do that. Not everyone can be as strong as you and, and walk away, but, but I guess, if more of us are out there doing it, more people will see it's possible and hopefully they'll give it a go too. Absolutely. absolutely. Jesson, this has been a fantastic conversation. I'm really conscious of your time though. So thank you. let's wrap this up. Um, there's so many places that people can connect with you and reach out to you and look at working with you perhaps, but where, like, what's, like, what's, what's the best place? Where, where's, where should we send them to? 
Gosh, um, I'm just trying to think what's the best place to send everyone to. You want you want a link, you want a group, you want a, I don't know. Like I mean, uh, clearly everyone should join BLC, of course, for sure. Billion lives changed. 100. Just search for it on Facebook. You, you know, we'll let you into our family, of course. Um, but but yeah, look, I mean, one of the best ways to catch up with what I'm up to is probably follow me on Instagram. Um, because on Instagram, you'll see a lot of what I'm doing, you'll you'll get a good idea what I do both personally and professionally so uh, my Instagram handle is at Jess and James underscore official and uh, just follow me on Instagram and check me out and go and go and see what I'm doing and uh, connect with me you know um, and and yeah if you heard me on on your on, on Christina's podcast drop me a DM and let me know you know um, it'd be great to know that I've connected with one of your followers as well so um, but yeah just get to know me a lot of people sometimes when I do shows like this for example Christina or interviews people say like where can people start working with you and or can they attend one of your events or where can they do this and you know I actually push back on that and I actually advise people not to come to one of my events like follow me first get to know me am I the kind of person you want to hang out with you know just like you did you came and yeah 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 um I'm like, you've got to stalk people first. You've got to stalk people. They well, might not be the right flavor, you know? They might not be the right flavor, but but also my my thing isn't about just also going, um, you know, for, for, for you to suss out whether I'm the right person. I also feel like I want to earn the right to be that person. So so a lot of people go like, yeah, just just yeah, see see if I'm the right fit for you. If I'm not right for you, fit for you, then bugger off. Like my mindset like it's both ways, right? You check me out to see if I'm the right fit for you, but I'm also doing what I can to to show or earn the right to be your mentor if you want me to be the mentor by doing what I bloody say I'm doing, you know. And 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 I think that's that's missing in the industry as well, people earning the right because they also they have this automatic assumption that because I'm successful, then you need to apply to work with me. You know, whatever. Like it's, it's nonsense. Like I don't care how famous I freaking become. I'm always going to be me. I'm always going to be humble. I'm going to be down to earth. I'm always going to, you know, want to earn the right to be in people's lives as well. Cause I think that's a fair exchange. Yeah. And, and it works both ways. Mm. It works, it works both ways. It's the, the there's, there's someone sort of within my circle, if you like, that I've I've end I have ended up working with that mm. I'm like we just clash. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think it's one of those things that there's not many people that don't like me. There's there's very very few people that don't mm. warm to me. But this is one of those people, and yeah. I sit there sometimes, and I'm like, why don't we get on? Mm. Why can't you talk? But it's like do that bit of stalking first. You you can figure it out, and yeah, you know, and engage. 100%. And then actually that person, you know, if you're meant to work together, that it's, you will. I, I don't believe in luck. I, no. I don't, I really don't believe in luck. I think we, no. we create our, we create our fortunes through our conduct. I, I, I once heard, I think it was a Clint Eastwood film years ago when I was a kid. And I heard the saying that stuck with me for life and that luck is for the unprepared. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, Jesson, thank you again so much. Um, we'll, we'll leave it there. Thank you. Honor for having me. Thank you so much.